0: If your team got guaranteed money, tell them call me. Whoop. Make me say, my, my, my. I done been around the world. Yeah, I was made for this. Player Performance with J.A. Cavalier. What's up, my fellow d Welcome back to another episode of Player Performance. I am J.A. Cavalier. We're going to get into NFL Week 8 in just a second, giving you all the information needed to beat the book. But first, let's recap Week 7 with Tessa Hall.
1: Back it up. One more time. All right, let's see that again. NFL Week 7 Recap The Broncos are reeling. They're down so bad that Cleveland A's team took them out. Is it time to bench Pat Mahomes? That's next on ESPN's First Take. A Washington player tried the Lambo leap. His team went on to lose by 14 scores. The Cincinnati Bengals being good might be the most shocking thing to come out of 2020 or 2021 as they now hold first place. Sam Darnold is like a bad David Blaine impersonator. He tricked us really well but ended up showing his cards. Tua was playing for his job on Sunday, but Kyle Pitts ruined the Finns' defense — and Tua's hopes. Even without Tom Brady, the Jets still suck against the Pats. John Gruden's emails must have been holding this Raiders team back as they gather their second straight win. As if Rams fans weren't already happy, watching Jared Goff throw 2 backbreaking interceptions really sealed the deal on that trade. Tom Brady and co. handed out touchdown balls like candy, but Mike Evans might want to check if there's any significance first. The Texans traded all their good players to the Cardinals. Arizona subsequently dominated Houston with them. Turns out all you need to make Carson Wentz any good is hurricane-like rain. That's your NFL Week 7 recap.
0: Okay, so on this show last week, we ended up going 5-3, and three, all picks and leans. I gave out two best bets, wish I wouldn't have included that second one. Our original best bet, the one I liked the most, the one I said that I loved, was the Cincinnati Bengals plus the six and a half. I actually said the Cincinnati Bengals were going to win that game on the field. They went in and they absolutely destroyed Baltimore, of course, winning that game on the field. I also included the over in the Rams-Lions game. I really liked the pace of that game early on. Of course, it ended up slowing down in the third quarter, and we were really that interception in the end zone away from covering that one as well. But again, five and three, all picks and leans. Still only one losing week in the history of this show. But like I said, my approach to this show is pretty much as it is to everyday life. Let's be better today than we were yesterday. And this week, we look for perfection. All right, here it is. We are locked. We are loaded. We are ready to roll. The money train is pulling out right into NFL Week 8.
1: Titans at Colts.
0: Colts are laying two and a half. The total is now at 51. So the Titans uh, opened up as a small favorite laying one. The Colts are now laying two and a half. Taking a lot of money there. These are two of the hottest teams in the NFL. Both teams come in 5-1, last six against the spread. After a brutal loss to the Jets, Tennessee comes back, crushes the Jaguars, beats the Buffalo Bills outright on Monday night. Then they embarrass the Kansas City Chiefs 27-3. For Indianapolis, they lose but cover against the Ravens, dominated both sides of the ball for three quarters, questionable play calling in the fourth, Then they bounced back in a big way against the Texans and beat the Niners outright in a wet, sloppy, ugly game on Sunday night. We actually cashed all six of those tickets along with the Titans and Colts. But something has to give here this week, or does it? I mean, recent history of this series is high-scoring back-and-forth offensive battles, hitting 50 or better in three of the last four meetings. The only game that failed to hit half a 100 was the first matchup this season. Colts started the season slow, Carson Wentz was getting acclimated to the system. Remember, Wentz came from Philadelphia and missed the entire preseason. Now he's settling in, and you can argue he's playing the best football of his career. In fact, both of these offenses are rolling right now. Last three weeks for the Titans... They've scored 37, 34, and 27. The Colts have scored 25, 31, 30. So you have two high-scoring offenses going against two defenses who are really thin in the secondary. These two teams are actually mirror images of one another. They established a run with Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. They set up play action down the field for Tannehill and Wentz. I don't see much resistance on defense. This game should fly over to 51. Both Henry and Taylor do have big play uh, capabilities, and they go from 0 to 100 real quick. Expect big plays. Expect lots of points. Take the over 51 Tennessee Indianapolis.
1: Bengals at Jets.
0: The Bengals are laying 10. The total here is set at 43. My father taught me when I was a kid, don't use 10 words when five will do. Listen, Take the Cincinnati Bengals in this spot. This is actually my best bet. I'm coming back with the Bengals this week. This line set at 9.5, went up to 10, and still it feels incredibly soft, doesn't it? Especially after some of the numbers we've seen last week. Both teams on the opposite ends of blowouts both trending in different directions Zach Wilson is out indefinitely for the Jets so it's either going to be Mike White or Joe Flacco I don't care who gets the nod in this one for the Jets this game just screams blowout I don't like laying double digits in the NFL but full transparency I already placed this taste take the Bengals take the Bengals big lay the points you can buy the half a point but it's not going to be needed Joe Burrow can play poorly in this game and they still end up winning by double digits J.A. Cavalier's Pro Football Triple Crown. Three NFL games for this Sunday. Three straight, three two-team parlays, one week, $99. His Pro Football Triple Crown must go 3-0 or the entire NFL season is free. J.A. Cavalier's Pro Football Triple Crown. Link in the description below. Click the link now and jump on the money train.
1: Eagles at Lions.
0: Eagles laying three and a half. The total here is set at 48 So you hear me talk a lot about situational football. But now here's the same play with two very different outcomes. The Detroit Lions take the opening kickoff last week. They drive down the field, score a touchdown. Then they come back, kick an onside kick, which was successful. They ended up recovering and it led to a field goal. But successful or not, it was actually a great call. See, Dan Campbell knew he was going to have to score a ton of points to stay in that game. The Lions weren't beating the Rams on the defensive side of the ball. At that point, he was playing with house money, had nothing to lose. Up 7-0, the Lions feeling good about themselves, and there was really no reason for the Rams to expect an onside kick. It was the perfect play, called at the perfect time. But you know when you don't call an onside kick? Opening up the second half in a game you're already trailing, 17-7. And that's what Nick Sirianni did. Defense was holding its own. The game was still in reach. And just a field goal in that spot and it becomes a two-touchdown game. Instead, it gets worse. The Raiders recover, score a touchdown, go up 24-7. The game's pretty much all but over for the Philadelphia Eagles. Bad call at the absolute worst time. Makes no sense. And it's not that one worked and the other didn't. It's the difference between putting your team in a position to be successful or putting your team in harm's way. You should never put your team in harm's way as a head coach. As a matter of fact, as a head coach, your only job is to put your team in a position to be successful. And Dan Campbell does that. Even in losses, we feel the Lions are close. Certainly a team heading in the right direction. I would go all in this week that the Lions get their first win. Goff called out by Campbell last week. I think he responded well. Lions were an interception away from beating the Rams, and that wasn't a bad pass either. It was actually a well-thrown ball put in the perfect spot. Jalen Ramsey just happened to make a Pro Bowl play on the ball. Any other cornerback in the league, and that's a touchdown, the Lions ended up beating the Rams outright last week. Can't say the same for Philadelphia. I mean, outside of a block punt win over the Panthers, Eagles have not been competitive at all losing by an average of 11 points. The Lions, on the other hand, 3-1 possession losses. This is also the first time I feel Detroit comes in with a clear edge. They should be able to run the ball and dominate time of possession. The Lions are getting close to 100 from Swift and Williams, and Philly ranks 29th against the run. And in this series, the Detroit Lions have absolutely dominated. 3-0 both straight up and against the spread, last three against Philadelphia. We're going to make it 4 here in this spot, I feel it's going to be a close game, but the Lions get the win 24-20.
1: Panthers at Falcons.
0: Falcons are laying two and a half. The total here is set at 46, and I am going under the posted total in this one. Atlanta may be winning football games right now, but it hasn't been pretty. The offense is average at best, and they can't run the ball. Now, I did back the Falcons last week, but that was a spot play for me. They caught the Dolphins at a perfect time. Awful loss to the Jaguars traveling back from London. This spot is not as favorable. Divisional game against a defense that ranks second against the pass. Look, the Panthers offensively are a mess. Sam Darnold benched last week. Three points against the Giants, maybe one of the worst offensive football games I've ever had to watch. But even in the loss to the Giants, the defense actually played well, and they get better this week. Stephon Gilmore is supposed to make his Panther debut, so that pretty much takes Calvin Ridley out of the game. I also don't see Kyle Pitts getting off this week. The Panthers give up next to nothing to tight ends. And let's be honest, the Panthers offense, it just might be the best defense in this game. If I had any faith whatsoever in Sam Darnold, I would unload on Carolina this week. But he's personally responsible for their four-game skid. The under is also 8-2 and last 10 Panther games. That's equal parts good defense and terrible offense. That trend's going to continue here. Give me the under to post the total. 49ers at Bears. 49ers laying 3.5. The total here is set at 39.5. I mean, God, with a with a total set so low, you almost have to jump on the over. I'm not. I'm actually staying away. We did go under the total in the Bears-Bucks game last week. Fortunate to cash that ticket, but the game pretty much went as scripted. We said the Bears had to run the ball. We said the Bears wouldn't be able to run the ball. We also said we didn't see the Bears scoring any points. All of that was accurate. Where I was wrong, I didn't see the Bucks scoring 38. But really, was that more just due to Justin Fields turning the ball over five times? I don't really feel like the Bucs actually scored 38 in that game. The Bears pretty much gave up 38. Truth be told, I don't see how to back either of these teams in their current state. San Francisco is just 2-4 and four with wins over Detroit and Philly. And the Bears actually have a couple quality wins. They beat Cincinnati and they beat Vegas. But from a capping standpoint, and I'm talking about just the numbers... Everything actually favors the Bears in this spot. Defense ranks eighth against the pass. San Francisco is allowed 28 or more four times this year. The 49ers ranked 27th in production against quarterbacks. Chicago is 3-0 against the spread in their last three meetings. All of that, and I still have to stay away from this game. The problem that I have from Chicago is Justin Fields. I don't like how Nagy has handled Justin Fields. He looked absolutely dejected on the sidelines last week. And all the news coming out of Chicago right now, none of it is good. I'm going to stay away from this game. This game for me is an absolute hard pass. But if you have to lean anyway, I think you just have to look at this total in this game and just close your eyes and say, ah, fuck it, let's just go over J.A. Cavaliers Pro Football Triple Crown. Triple crown. Three NFL games for this Sunday. Three straight, three two-team parlays, one week, $99. His pro football triple crown must go 3-0 or the entire NFL season is free. J.A. Cavalier's pro football triple crown. Link in the description below. Click the link now and jump on the money train.
1: Steelers at Browns.
0: Browns are laying 3.5. The total here is set at 42 and a half. My God, the Sharps must really hate Pittsburgh. Because even without Baker Mayfield, the Browns are still getting 91% of the money against the Steelers this week. The line has already adjusted, moved to half a point. I was on Cleveland and the under Thursday night. Unlike most, i seen that as free money. Case Keenum is absolutely an upgrade from Baker Mayfield. And it's not so much what he does, but for me, it's what he doesn't do. Case Keenum doesn't make a lot of mistakes. See, the knock on Baker Mayfield, prone to mistakes, reckless with the ball. With the Browns roster, their offensive line, their running game, and their defense, he's the exact opposite of what you want in a quarterback. The oddsmakers obviously agree with me. The line doesn't overly adjust based on the status of Baker. Actually, the line doesn't seem to move at all. This week, it shouldn't matter who's at the helm. The Steelers can't score points, and the offensive line is terrible. Browns ranked third in sacks and fifth in quarterback knockdowns. Roethlisberger ranks fifth in poor passes against pressure. I'm guessing he's going to be throwing quite a bit under duress. This game should be ugly, but the Browns win this game. Second start, Case Keenum should be more comfortable. Best running game in the league against the 12th ranked run defense. Eileen Cleveland in this spot. Pittsburgh's just one and four their last five against the spread. Liked it more at three. Don't love the three and a half. But still, I'm going to lean Case Keenum and the Browns.
1: Rams at Texans.
0: Rams are laying 14 and a half. The total here is set at 48. So could you imagine the size of the balls it would take to walk up to the window and pencil in Houston on your ticket? I mean, how do you do that with any confidence? The Texans coming in off losses of 28 and 26 points. But, and yes, there is a but, there's a good chance they get Tyrod Taylor back for this game. And it may not change the side on backing. It does, however, change how I play this game. See, with Davis Mills, I lay 14, 14 and a half, and I go big. End of story. With Tyrod, I actually take the Rams in the front end of a two, maybe three-team, ten-point teaser. 14 and a half is a ton of points, and the Texans were actually competitive with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. My handicap changes based upon who's taking the snaps this week. Davis Mills has doubled the interceptions to touchdowns in four weeks. So, this is going to be a game time decision for me. With Tyrod Taylor, I still like the Rams, but I like them in the front end of a two, three team, 10 point teaser. With Davis Mills, I would say go all in, lay the 14 and a half. Day, week, month, and season packages available on YLOSE.com. That's the letter Y L O S E.com. That's right. Get to YLOSE.com. That's the letter Y L O S E.com. Something for everyone on whylose.com. It's not just the NFL. College football in full swing. World Series. NHL. NBA. College basketball is going to be starting soon. So, literally, something for everyone on whylose.com. That's the letter Y L O S E.com. Be sure to subscribe and like. Appreciation is always appreciated. And, guys, pick up the Pro Football Triple Crown this week. Three max bets for this Sunday. Three straight, three two-team parlays. One Week, $99. Link in the description below. All right, that's our show for this week. I am J.A. Cavalier. See you guys back here next week with NFL Week 9. Until then, remember that with your head, not above me. Day, week, month, and season packages available on whylose.com. That's the letter Y, L-O-S-E dot com.